We turn now to God's Word, and we're continuing in our series uh, in the book of Galatians, looking at each of the fruits of the Spirit. And today we're going to look at peace. Uh, next week, Pastor Chad is going to lead us on patience. And I'm really sad because having a five-year-old, I have so many good examples of, you know, having, being impatient as a five-year-old is different than, you know, 35-year-old or 55-year-old, so, but... I'll preach about patience some other time. Um, okay, let's, uh, let's look first at John chapter 14, verses 15 to 27, where Jesus discusses the peace that he gives to his followers. Jesus said, If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Does anybody even remember the year 2000 anymore? I mean, 20 years ago, can you believe that? It, uh, it's, it's very fresh in my, in my memory. Um, I had, I was, there was a lot going on in my life at that time. I was uh, a sophomore in college, and I was thinking, I mean, it was such a great spring that I remember just thinking, man, this millennium is off to such a good start. I mean, this is going to be awesome. Um, 
a lot of things were going on. One of the highlights was that my birthday is April 23rd, and my birthday was actually on Easter that year. Uh, I looked it up this week, and the next time that that is going to happen will be on my 99th birthday. <laughs> so, wow. I, I, I now have a new life goal, you know, to live till I'm 99, and then I can go be home with Jesus. Um, but it was, uh, it, was, it was a crazy spring. I, I became an uncle for the first time. My brother had a baby, which was so fun. Uh, God actually called me to ministry that spring. And so that was very, it's huge. I mean, obviously set the course of my life. Uh, my, you know, the things that I was involved with, my, my uh, I, I love being part of my choir at, uh, in college. And I remember us singing a concert on Easter, on my birthday. That was just so special. Uh, my, my track and field team was doing really well. And I had, all, I had a lot of these experiences where I remember thinking, my whole life I've been preparing for this. My whole life I've been learning music and studying music and just to get to be part of this. My whole life I've been training and been active and now I get to run this track meet. And it was this season where I had, I had, this, I had perfect peace. I mean, I wasn't scared. I wasn't scared about failing a test. I wasn't scared I wasn't going to do well in track. I wasn't scared that I was going to mess up my music concert. Um, and I think, was that, you know, was that the naivete of youth? Was that being 20 years old that I, that, that I felt like that? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was the peace of Christ. I felt so close to Christ. And my, my friends even called me the Easter boy. Because it was my, my birthday. And I remember somebody sent me a card. May you always be an Easter boy. Just, you know, that, that, that resurrection. The joy of Easter. And there have been other seasons of my life where I've felt that same peace. That same, that same deep sense of peace when you're walking with Jesus. And you don't have anything to be afraid of. And it, it wasn't in the mountaintops. It was in the difficult times. It was in the times where uh, I lost my cousin at the age of 21. It was at the times where my mother-in-law had cancer. It was at the times where I didn't understand why this had to happen or that had to happen. Have you ever experienced that peace? The Bible calls it the peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense for you to have peace, and yet you have it. You're walking through day by day with God's peace bubbling up inside you. This morning we're going to talk about that, the peace that the Holy Spirit gives. The peace that is the fruit of the Spirit, of a life with the Spirit, connected to the vine. And this peace is marked by one thing. It's marked by a lack of fear. Jesus says, I will give you this peace and you won't be afraid. This peace that the Bible talks about is, is given by Christ. And it takes away the fear that we all have. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this peace as a lack of fear. We're going to talk about how Jesus gives it to us. And we're going to talk about how we can receive the peace. The lack of fear given by Christ, 
How do we get this peace? How can we walk with this peace? A daily walk with God that's marked by peace. So first, the peace that the Holy Spirit brings into our life is it's this lack of fear. Jesus says it right here. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So he's contrasting this idea of living your life in fear, always being afraid with the peace that Jesus gives, the peace that God gives to us. All over the Bible, God's people are instructed, commanded, taught, do not fear. 365 times in the Bible, it says do not fear. One for every day of the year. Except in 2020, which has 366 days. But do not fear on that day either. Do not fear on February 29th. When I, when I counsel people, when I visit people in homes, in hospitals, in my office, when I'm talking with people, the number one issue is fear. The number one issue is a lack of peace. Because behind all of the turmoil, behind the marital difficulty, or the not understanding why this happened, or the addiction, or whatever it is, there's fear. There's fear that's underlying it. Like, the tip of the iceberg is the problem, but underneath that, there's all this this fear. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, what, what am I afraid of? What's, what, what is that fear that's beneath this? And often you can even ask yourself, you know, what, what is the worst thing that can happen? And how am, I, how am I connected to the Prince of Peace? The Prince of Peace, Jesus He's the one that walks with us through all those times when, when we're afraid. It's, it's not the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit that comes from being connected to God. Where does, where does fear come from? Where does all these struggles that we have, this lack of peace, where does it come from? It comes from sin. And it comes from this idea that people have of just saying to God, I don't need you. I can handle this by myself, God. I've got this. And that, that sin causes us to move away from God. And sometimes we think that if we kind of distance ourselves from God or, or from the church and we kind of try something new, that we'll have more peace but it actually makes us more fearful. It actually makes us more afraid. And that's, that's part of the reason why it, it breaks my heart when people drift from, from God. When people drift away from, from church. Because they think their problem is going to get better. And it actually just, just makes it worse. The problem, when we say that, when we think, okay, I need to take a break from church, I need to take a break from my Christian friends, I'm going to just sort of drift from reading the Bible or drift from prayer or whatever it is, we're still on the throne of our lives. We're still thinking, we can figure this out by ourselves. We're going to find our peace on our own. 
instead of the king. The king being on the throne. And you don't, you don't find peace by yourself, just discovering it. Jesus reveals it to you. He gives it to you. It's this free gift. We think that peace is going to come from you know, inside of us. But it's not. There's, there's only sin and foolishness inside of us. But God reveals his grace to us and gives us his peace. There's this incredible lack of peace and this fear that's, that's, that's in our culture. And we, we have to wrestle with that. And we have to figure out how to find the peace that God gives us. I wonder, I wonder why we are, we're so bad as a culture at dealing with you know, disaster, like natural disaster or, or trauma or unexpected death or, or whatever it might be. I, I think that our ancestors were actually so much better at this than we are today. Um, I did a little research this week. I, I looked up the, um, the life expectancy in the year 1900, which actually does not seem like that long ago, right? 120 years. That's not ancient history. The life expectancy for a male born in this country in 1900 was 45 years old. So, you know, it would be just about my time to go, you know. And back then, there was this view as a culture that we are small people in a very big universe that's run by God. And, and even our time on this earth is so short, but eternity is so long. And so people, people knew, knew that, and they reached out to God, they prayed to him, and they, they knew that our lives here were very short, and that the, you know, the real point of us even being here is to, to know God and to enjoy him forever and ever and ever in the next life. But today, the, the idea of our culture is that this life is all I have. You know, this life is all I have, so I've got I've to drink the marrow from it. I've got to have all these experiences. There's so many things that I want to do. And yet it hasn't taken away that fear. You know, even the, even the FOMO, you know. Do you guys know what FOMO is? Somebody under 20, tell them what FOMO is. The fear of missing out. Yes, thank you. We, we, just, we, ha- we don't want to miss out on anything. We have to be involved because this life is all we have. And, you know, even as we saw this week, it can be so sudden. A helicopter accident and nine people are gone. And it's so sad and it's so heartbreaking. So how do we mourn that and still have hope for the life to come? How do we... How do we have the resources to deal with this fear that we have, this, this lack of faith, this lack of peace that kind of says, God, I've got this. I can take care of it myself. Um, God, I don't, I don't need you. I'll just find the peace on my own. Um, a couple of uh, two, three years ago, I took my son, Silas. He was two and a half at the time. I took him to the largest department store in Europe. It's in Berlin. It's uh, 650,000 square feet. 50,000 people every day go to the KDV, this huge, huge department store in downtown Berlin. And 
as you can imagine, I held his hand pretty tight. Because he's two and a half years old, he'd love to make a run for it. He'd love to get away. And amongst a department store of that size, how could, how could you ever find him again? Well, what if, what if he decided that he could do it on his own? You know, what if he decided, well, over there there's, there's lollipops and candy. I want to go over there. And, you know, I'd only been there like once in my life before. I didn't know how to get around. What if, what if he just ran away? And he said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove myself. I don't need my dad anymore. I'm free. I can do this. But then he would inevitably get lost, right? And that's this picture. That's this picture of every human being apart from God. Kind of thinking, yeah, we don't, we don't need you. We can find this on our own. We can figure this out. I'm sure that that piece is just right over there on aisle seven. I can take care of it. But then at some point... At some point, Silas would have realized how afraid he was and how lost he was. And he would have had to come back. I mean, we were all made to hold our dad's hand and to walk with him through life. And we, we run away. And yet God still embraces us and comes after us. And even the prodigal son's story tells us, you know, he wasn't just waiting for us back, you know, scolding us, but he was racing out to greet us and embrace us. That is, that is the lack of, the lack of peace that's, that's in our culture, that's filled with fear. But Jesus promises, no matter who we are, no matter our background, no matter if we've tried to run away, no matter if we haven't kept these commands that Jesus talks about, that he'll give peace. That he'll give it. My peace I give to you. My peace, the peace that Jesus has, having existed with the Father forever and ever and ever, the perfect peace that Jesus had, he gives that to his followers. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace that Jesus gives is not as the world gives because nothing that's in this world can give us the peace that we were made for. There's a couple of ways that you can tell the difference between the peace that the world is offering and the peace that that Jesus gives. I think a big thing is that the world's peace, the peace that the world gives, is, is here one day and it's gone the next. You know, it's kind of with us if everything's going okay, but when life breaks down, where's the, where's the peace? Um, the world's peace is based on these, these circumstances. Whereas God's peace is faithful, it's unchanging, it's there always. Psalm 39 says that life is but a breath. But a breath. Life is so short. And so even if you have an incredible marriage, you feel so supported and encouraged and so loved, even the gift of a great marriage is only a breath. It's only a breath. Um, Even if you have a job that you absolutely love, it's your calling in life, this is what God put you on the planet to do, it's amazing, it's just a breath. 
It's a breath and it ends. Even if you have money in the bank and you have all these possessions that you love and they they bring you fulfillment and enjoyment, it's just a breath. It's just a breath. I'm, you know, I'm sorry to be kind of a, a bummer, but I'm trying to communicate to you the only permanent thing in this universe, and that is God and the love and the joy and the peace that He gives. And so many people put their hope, their ultimate hope, their salvation in the things of this world. They think that's going to give me peace. And it doesn't. God and His love, His grace toward you and me, that's what gives us peace. Jesus created it. Jesus gives it. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the giver of peace. The unstoppable peace that passes all understanding. The peace that sometimes it doesn't even make sense, and yet you have it. You could be walking through the worst grief of your life. You could be crying out to God and asking Him, Why? How could you allow this to happen? And yet, at the end of the day, you still have peace. You have this this shalom that only God can, can give to you. So lastly, how do, we, how do we get this peace? Jesus is giving it out. He promises it. He says it's different than the world. He says it's going to take away our fears and make us unafraid. How do we get it? Well, it's, it's made possible by the cross and what Jesus did. He, he won that victory over sin and death and All these things that we are tempted to be afraid of, all that fear, he defeated it on the cross. He won that victory. And so the door is open to receive peace from him. Remember what is happening here when Jesus is talking. This is the last night of his life. John 14, these are the last things that he wanted his his disciples to remember about him. This is, you could even think of it like, this is Jesus' last will and testament. Because Jesus, you know, this wasn't, this wasn't 2020. Jesus didn't get on a computer and type out a last will and testament. He is, he's giving his last will and testament to his disciples. The most important things he wants them to know. Jesus knows he's going to die the next day. This is Thursday night. Good Friday is the next day. And so he's telling his disciples, and they are telling us through God's word, what Jesus is going to do. Everything that they were supposed to remember. And these are the words that were handed down to us. 2,000 years later, we still have these words. Because the world is more in need of peace today than ever before. So many people looking for peace. Looking for fulfillment looking for a way out of their fears. And yet we don't, we don't get this peace unless Jesus dies. Because it's, a, it's his last will and testament. You don't get the inheritance, you don't get the money, you don't get the stuff that's coming to you until the person dies. And it's the same with Jesus. You don't get the peace until he dies. And he did die. And yet he rose again. 
He rose again for me. He rose again for you. He rose again so that all of his children could have the peace that he enjoys. Literally, his peace, my peace, I give you. And Jesus made us right. Jesus made us right with God so we can have peace. So we can say to everything else in this world, this is great. Marriage, it's great. Possessions, they're great. A good job, it's great. Children that love us, they're great. But they're never going to be my peace. They're never going to be the thing I look for. They're never going to be my peace. Jesus, you're going to be my peace. Because you promised it to me, you died for me, and you always keep your promise. Ephesians 2.17 says that Jesus came to bring peace to those who are far and peace to those who are near. So wherever you're at, cling to the peace of Jesus this morning. It's our only hope. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our peace because you've broken down every wall. You, you won the victory on the cross. You made it possible for us to have a relationship with you and the Father and the Holy Spirit so that we wouldn't have to look to anything else for our salvation, for our fulfillment, for our peace. So Lord, remind us. You told, you told the disciples that the Spirit would remind them. So Holy Spirit, remind us today when we're drifting, when we're looking to other things, when we think that something else can give us peace. Help us to come back to you, Lord, and find our peace in you alone. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.